Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cretelli, and always alongside me via Zoom is Mr. Luca Moya. How are you doing today, sir, on this fine Tuesday evening? Doing great. Doing great. And for free agency started, I'm a Patriots fan I'm pumped up these last couple of days, but uh, you'd be surprised how many texts I've been getting on seeing if I've been liking these moves and stuff like that, but... I'll give you my little little insight a couple days because we got another show, don't we? Oh, yes. He teed it up right there. We're doing the first ever Luca and Lucas L2 Sports Podcast doubleheader. Oh, doubleheader, baby. This is the game. This is game one of the doubleheader. This is the afternoon game. We're going to start off with the NHL. They're, they're at the unofficial halfway point of the season. So we're just going to give us give the fans our good, bad, and ugly picks so far of this 2020-2021 NHL season. So let's get right into it. First off, we have the Canadian division, the North, the Scotia North division. Mm-hmm. Luca, give us your good for this division so far this year. I mean, it's kind of easy, right? I think right. the Leafs... Say it, buddy. Say it. I think we can all agree that the Leafs are the best <clears throat> team in that division. And you know what? <clears throat> All the things I've been saying, it's, it is an easy division. I'm not ever going to say that it's not, but they, they've looked good. And the, these are what this is what good teams do. They, they beat up on who's in front of you, basically. This isn't the old Leafs team where we've seen in the past where they'll slip up games. Sure, they'll lose to Ottawa here and there. The Jets have given them a couple tough games, Edmonton maybe. But for the most part, they're, they're the most sound team in this division. Uh, they, they pick up wins, and their players are playing great. I think Nylander has probably been the most surprising player thus far, considering all the backlash he's gotten in the last couple of years. I think he's really stepped up his game. And the Leafs, man, they're deep. Like, they're very, very deep. You know, Simmons is out. He was playing great before he went out with an injury. Galchenyuk chilling on the bench. Nick Robertson, he's out with an injury. They just waved Jimmy Vesey. They don't even need him. It's one of those teams where you just have guys rolling in and out of the lineup and they just perform night in and night out. The goaltending situation, I think, Lucas, is probably the worst it's been in all the last couple of seasons. And you can make the case because, you know, their backups have been hurt. So it's hard. Freddie's had to play some games. He's had to come in when he's not starting. And that might, you know, inflate his numbers a little bit. But I think all in all, the Leafs are the best team in that division. I think you, you pretty much agree. And, for good reason. They've built this team pretty well. Dubas has done a good job with the cap. I don't think they're done because they might make another move or two. We're going to get into that later. Yeah, for sure. My good is obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you said that you didn't, you thought this was an easy division, but the Leafs are the best team out of this division. And Mm -hmm. I want to give the theory. I know, like I said on uh, the past podcast, when we brought up this topic is we'll never know how the Toronto Maple Leafs would fare against a Boston or Philadelphia or Tampa Bay during the season. But the, the Toronto Maple Leafs look like this year that they can contend with those teams. You said they have the depth. Austin Matthews is playing out of his shoes right now. Mitch Marner, that line is really going. Tavares, he's scoring not at the rate we want him to, but he, he is playing good. The back end looks way better than it has been done in the past couple of years it's just the goaltending situation again you have Michael Hutchison who is our third string technically our fourth string goalie after we put Aaron Dell on waivers and he was picked up by 
by the New Jersey Devils, pardon me. So you have Michael Hutcherson as the third string goalie, Jack Campbell, who when he's played this year has been playing great. And Freddie's had to come in. You saw that Ottawa game where Hutcherson let in those two soft goals and then Freddie had to come in and they ended up losing uh, that game. So it's good that they got these four days off, but they're just, I just think the Leafs are the team to beat in this North division. And they're obviously the best team sitting at the first at first place. Moving on, we're going to go to the bad now of the North Division. And I'll go first here. I th- this It's hard to pick a bad because everybody after the Leafs is so bunched up together. I would just have to say it's Calgary right now. I okay. At the start of the year, I would have thought Calgary would have been up there in the one or two spot based on what they did last year. They went to the second round of the playoffs. They had some momentum going. And really in the offseason when they signed Jacob Markstrom, you thought that was the hump that they really needed to get over. They have the forward talent, Johnny Goudreau, Matthew Tuchuk, Sean Monaghan. You could put Manjapane in there. He's playing great this year. You have the back end with Giordano, Hannafin, uh, Rasmus Anderson. Those guys, the core guys, they had that. All they were looking for was a steady top goaltender. And what did they go and get? They did. They saw Jacob Markstrom play out of his shoes in the playoffs. And there he comes, signs a massive deal with Calgary. And he really hasn't gotten to that form yet. He is coming along. He has a 9-10 save percentage. He's 11-7. and He has been injured this year. It's just that Calgary, for me, I think they were should be much higher. There's still a lot of season to go. But at this point, I would have thought they'd be much higher in, that, in those standings. Calgary, for sure. I think half the roster came from Vancouver. It seemed mm-hmm. like um, in the off season, picking up all these guys and that's the team I'm going to go with. I think it's the Canucks. Uh, you had a guy like Braden Holtby after Demko had a phenomenal run in the playoffs, almost stole a series against a team that I think we can both say are pretty comfortably a cup contending team in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they almost pulled that one out. They just haven't been playing that well. And Quinn Hughes is, he, he's, he's a great young defenseman, probably one of the better offensive defensemen upcoming in this league, if not one of the best I just think you look at Vancouver's roster, they were so promising these last couple of years, right? With Elias Pedersen, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, although that's a really good young core. Then you have guys like, you know, JT Miller down the lineup. And it's just, it hasn't worked out. It just hasn't worked out this year. They've played 32 games, three more than Calgary, and they're still a point back of them. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want to see from a team that I think at the start of the year we're saying, yeah they're probably going to be one of the teams to make the playoffs or be right around there. And they're completely out of it. Like they are just completely out of it. And I think for Vancouver, when you look at them play, it's, it's just, it's just mistakes. It, it's, it's lousy, lazy mistakes. Kind of like what we've been seeing from Toronto the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. That's what's going into Vancouver. When you watch them play Lucas, it's, it's kind of like, they just know that, okay, once they let in a bad goal, it's over. Like, it's done. How many times against yeah. you see against Toronto? Sometimes Toronto will go um, and they'll score, like, what? what one night, what, Spezza went off against them. Like, he scored yeah, three, yeah, the three, yeah, he scored three goals. The, the Leafs, it seemed like they scored three goals in, like, three minutes. And they just lose games like that. So, they don't. I don't think they stay focused for a full 60 minutes whenever I watch them. They get a little sloppy, and that's the reason why they're really low in this division. They've played the most games in this division, Lucas, and they're in sixth. Mm-hmm. That That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. And that's why I have them at my, for ugly, I have the Vancouver Canucks. They looked so promising last year, like you Mm -hmm. said, and I thought they were going to build on that, but they didn't have the cap space. And again, losing all those players to the Calgary Flames and to the other teams. And 
you brought you bring in Braden Holpe, you really think that's the answer. You don't know how Thatcher Demko is was going to turn out. He has come on lately, but mm-hmm. when you thought Braden Holpe, a Stanley Cup winning goaltender, Vesna uh, trophy winner, you thought this guy was going to be the answer. And through only 11 games, Luca, he's at three, 3.56 GAA and an 8.93 save percentage. Like that's yeah. for, for a team as weak as Vancouver, you really need solid goaltending. And it, it just really, it really hasn't come along. So that's why I have them for my ugly pick. Well, again, it's kind of hard to get worse than these guys in the division. I think they're bad and ugly because it's easy for us to say Ottawa. Yeah, I didn't want to say Ottawa because you're going through a rebuild right now. You can't blame them for being at the bottom. Yeah, they're looking promising for sure. I said that at the start of the year. I said that at the start of the year. Yeah, well, they're still – they're not going to scare anyone anytime (laughs) soon with 22 points. (laughs) But – I think they're bad and ugly. I just think Vancouver, you look at them, Lucas, they're supposed to be at least contending. Mm-hmm. They've turned into Detroit, Ottawa, Anaheim, where it's like, okay, this is it, two points. You could put the backup in for this game. And it's sad. It's really sad because after dominating the early 2010s in 2010, 2011, winning all these president's trophies, going to the Stanley Cup final, they've just gone complete downhill. They've gone complete downhill and Right when you think that they're on the come up, they're going to regain that form of vintage Roberto Luongo and the Sedin brothers and Alex Burroughs and them. It just hasn't happened. And you're thinking with this core, like I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you're thinking, okay, maybe in, in a Canadian division where you don't have to play these big bad teams in the West, maybe, just maybe, they can sneak into the playoffs and upset someone. They're not scaring anyone. They're not scaring anyone. They've become a team where it's like you look at them on the schedule, you mark it, and you say, okay, who's scoring a hat trick tonight? It, it's that bad in Vancouver right now. Yeah, Vancouver has had a rough ride this season, and it doesn't look too good coming. If they don't make no, some moves to beef up that defensive end coming yeah. next year, it is not looking up for the Vancouver Canucks. Moving on to the East Division, the stacked East Division. Oh. And for me – I don't. I'll. I'll go first because I, I think I might know where you might be headed with this. But for my good pick, it's got to be the New York Islanders. Barry what? Trotz has done an absolutely fantastic job with this team. Who Matt Barzell is the star on this team, and he is not even shown to be that big epic star in the league, like a Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, but he is doing unbelievable things every single night for this team. And they're really a complete team. I I went through the points while I was researching for the show and it's just every single guy. Nick Letty is fourth on the team in points as a defenseman. Nick Letty, everybody is sharing, sharing the points as well. They have great goaltending. I picked him in the, in my fantasy, in my fantasy draft and all three of my hockey fantasies, Varlamov has been playing unreal. I have it written here in capital letters. Varlamov playing unreal. 2.3 GAA, a 9.29 save percentage, and three shutouts. He is a big reason why this team is is doing so well. They've won nine straight. They lost their captain in Andres Lee, but they are leading the East Division, that stacked East Division, so they get my good pick halfway through this year. The Islanders are frauds. That's all I got to say. I Conference think it's final last year. Conference Lucas, final. I think, yeah, okay. They can surprise some people for sure. Matt Barzell, it haunts me to this day that the Bruins passed on him. 
and Shabbat and Kyle Connor. But we're not going to talk that about that. You saw that at what I sent to you, eh? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That's brutal. Um, because we're stuck with Jake DeBrusque. But anyways, you look at this nine-game win streak. They've been Buffalo. They've been the Devils. They've been Pittsburgh in overtime and Boston in a shootout. And I just talked about Toronto. Yeah, they're not good teams, but you got to beat them. And kudos to the Islanders. They're, they're not making any mistakes or capitalizing on these weak opponents. But for me... You go into a playoff series, I think anyone in the top four, knock them out, but Philly. Washington, and I know Washington had a rough, rough time with them last year in the playoffs. I, I know they did, but I just can't see the Islanders doing it again. I can't see the Islanders being Pittsburgh, the way Pittsburgh's playing, and I can't see them being Boston. And I'm not trying to be a homer here, even though they've had Boston's number. My best team, I think, right now, over the past, I think – Two weeks, maybe. I think if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I probably would have said Boston because they were rolling. Now when you look at it, I think Pittsburgh's on the come up because Tristan Jari is playing what playing like what Pittsburgh wanted him to do. That's why they got rid of memory. It's why they don't have Marc-Andre Fleury anymore. Like they, it's always, they always have good goalies coming up, and Tristan Jari has really been playing at an elite level. And they have two elite centers, and they're finally starting to click. Malkin, Crosby. Malkin is so underappreciated in this league. I don't know how many times we've had discussions about this, Lucas, where he just kind of goes under the radar in Pittsburgh. And, of course, he's going to when he's under Sidney Crosby, the best player of this generation. But still, he's just an amazing player. Him and Kapanen, <laughs> they are deadly together. I don't know if you're missing Kapanen over there. I know Toronto's doing great, but they look like a – like a one-two punch, man. Like they got Gensel and Sid, and then they got Malkin and Kapanen. Those guys are firing on all cylinders right now. If I'm Pittsburgh, I don't want to play them in the playoffs. And the way they're playing, and we know what they're capable of in the playoffs because we've seen them win back-to-back cups just a couple of years ago. In a four-game series, last year it was three games. Carey Price stole the series. We know what happened, but as it lines up right now, they're going to be playing the Caps. That's always an amazing series. Mm-hmm. Always. Right? But that series could go either way. It could. I agree with you there. It it's could. gone. It's, you've seen it in the past. But I think every single time Pittsburgh and the Caps play, even though Washington beat them finally, I think Pittsburgh's always going to be the favorite. I just, just because of what history tells us and the way Pittsburgh's playing right now, I can't see any team like Washington or even the Islanders, for example, beating Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh – and I think I truly, true believe if Boston can get a second score, they could do it. If they don't, it's over. Boston's not going anywhere because they got no secondary scoring. But if they can just get a guy who can pop in the goals, I mean, again, they're a team you don't want to play either. Yeah. I think a lot of the teams in, in this East division, you really don't want to see Agreed. coming out of your division if you're the West or the Central or the North. Any if it, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, even Philadelphia, you really don't want to see them coming out of that final four, that semifinal before you even get to the Stanley Cup finals. Mm. But a team we can agree on and a team that every team in this East Division really want to see right now is the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, and yeah. I have them as my bad and ugly. Oh, yeah. They're just... What is going... Well, I can't even say what is going on. It's been happening in Buffalo for a long, long mm-hmm. time. They've lost 11 straight, Luca. They have have only 58 goals for and 94 goals against. Trade rumors with their star, 
draft pick Jack Eichel, the guy they just signed to $8 million this year in Taylor Hall. They could be out the door this year. You never know. Crazier things have happened. Fans, the media are calling for Ralph Kruger's head. I heard on the radio this morning how he just, uh, a reporter straight out said, you have lost this team. How do you get back into it? You know you've lost this team. And I think he has, and he knows it. He just doesn't want to admit it, as mm-hmm. well as the, the the front office and and management. They don't want to admit that, yes, this might be your guy, but it is not clicking with this team. Luca, the craziest stat I've saw today. Uh-huh. Skinner, he makes $10 no. million. Goodness. Jack Eichel makes $10 million. Yeah. Taylor Hall, MVP Taylor Hall, makes $8 million this year. How many goals do they have combined this season? Two, maybe. What is it? Five. Yeah, see? It's bad man. You want to rip on the Toronto Maple Leafs for having three overpaid players? They get the job done. They put the puck in the net. <laughs> At least, yeah. <laughs> they put the puck in the net. <laughs> These guys. Inner Eichel Hall, five goals? Come on, man. Come on. I, it's, they're bad and ugly right now, and I don't. it's not looking good for Buffalo. I think ugly for sure has to be Buffalo. Um, just for everything you just said. Management's a mess. <laughs> They overpay players. They don't pick the right players. No, they you know don't. What I mean? And it's like they have good pieces. It's not like they don't. Like they have yes. Deline, they have Ristolainen, Eichel, Olsen, even. Olsen, like, yes, great yeah, player. Right? But again, he's leading the team, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so points. they have pieces. It's just the problem is when you're paying two guys combining for five goals at $18 million. Three guys at twenty-eight million dollars. Okay, but Eichel, I can. Eichel is Eichel. Okay, ten million. Maybe you could argue it's a bit steep, but the other two guys, they have no business being over six. No. So you can't improve the roster at all. You're stuck with eighteen million dollars in dead weight. That's what it is. It's dead weight. Yeah, and especially when you have Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark. And That's Jonas just... Johansson as in the division, and, and take this in: it's in a division with Ovechkin, Barzell, Pasternak, Crosby, Malkin, Giroux, even yeah. even Panarin. Like, yeah. come on, you're, you're yeah. not gonna like. That's just not gonna. That's not, not gonna cut it. Everybody, like so many, so many media professionals picked Buffalo to be like on the come up this year because well, of don't that. don't you Taylor see Hall that every sign. year? You see that every year. I just don't say, no, not Buffalo. But when they signed Taylor Hall to play with Jack Eichel, that was the big problem. Mm. Who's going to play with Jack Eichel? Skinner did it for one year and then fell off. Then you bring in Taylor Hall, who is coming off an off year. He signs a out-of-the-box one-year deal for $8 million. You think, yeah. like, this guy's got to prove something. He's going to sign this he's, one year. He's, he's going to have Jack a great Eichel. year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think a What's team the excuse? Also, yeah. I think a team also we haven't talked about that's been, I'm not going to say they're a bad team. I think it's been playing bad. I think it's the Flyers. They've really slid out of the mm-hmm. top four contention. They, they've they yet to just, just listen to this. So the teams above them, they don't have a very good winning record against. In the last eight games, they're three and five. Only one of those wins was against Pittsburgh. The only win was against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Everything else was against who, sorry, I'm going to get it out here. It's, it's in Buffalo and it's the Devils. Like it's, they've lost yeah. against the Capitals, right? They've lost, they've, they've yet to beat Boston at all this year. Yeah. Can't beat the Islanders. So it's like, 
Like, how much do you trust them? Right? Like, they yeah, were but supposed to be seen, a team. But you've seen the Flyers. You saw what they did last year, and that they rocketed up to the top three spot. Well, and, that's because of the lockdown, and we all knew something like that was going to happen. It was three but they games. were good before. They were good before. Yes. They shot they up, would, and that's why you, they got into that spot. But did you ever, uh, did the, you ever really the trust them? Let's be real. Did you ever really trust them? I never did, and I'm not doing it. I'm not this year at all because they can't beat the top teams. Like, you can't beat Washington. You can't beat Boston. The only team you have a, a decent, decent shot at beating, I think, is Pittsburgh just because it's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. And even then, I think Pittsburgh knocks them out at the max six games. At the That's being nice. Mm-hmm. I can't see them beating any other team. The Islanders got their number as well. So for me, I think they're they're. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I think they're playing bad hockey right now. Um, you look at their last, you know, three of the last five. Sure, you can go and go. Or they've won. They've won three, lost five in the last eight. You want to extend it to eleven games? Okay, sure. Now they're six and five, but those three wins against a team that we just said was terrible, and that's Buffalo. Yeah. So who who have you really really beaten consistently? Hasn't been the top four teams in this thing. That's why I think they're not going to make the playoffs. And I don't think they're playing good hockey right now. And again, they could surprise. They could get hot. We've seen them get hot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't trust this team. Them and the Islanders, I don't trust. Just trust Boston, eh? <laughs> I trust <laughs> Pittsburgh, though. I trust Crosby. All right, all right. West division now. and. Okay. With I know with the lockdown and the certain divisions, you only play the team in your divisions. You're a Boston fan. I'm a Leafs fan. We only watch these these games. You know what I mean? So really yeah. know what's going on. So like out, out there in the West Division, for me, I have Minnesota. They're in second place right now in the yeah. division. And I've always I, I've said this all, all this week because I was surprised that they were actually they're playing really good hockey right now for the players that they have. Minnesota's always that team that makes the playoffs and loses in the first round, and then drafts 15th or 16th. You know what I mean? They never really have had that guy. They've never really, like, drafted high. <laughs> you know what I mean? They always have, like, these just, like, they just, for me, they like, great players, obviously. They're NHL players. It's just, I just, their, their roster, for me, is just, it's out of the box. It's out of the box. Uh, the, the, the rookie looks great. I yeah. Krill, uh, what's his name? Krill, Krill Kap, Kaprizov is leading the yeah. team with 24 points. Then you have Jordan Greenway. He's got five goals, 14 assists. Assists. Matt Zuccarella, who who remember, we remember him from New York. He's out there in Minnesota. He's third on the team in points. Marcus Foligno, Jonas Brodeen, Kevin Fiala, Zach Parise is eighth. You know what I mean? It's just an out-of-the-box team, and it – I, something's working for them right now. And Kaprizov, 24 points. He He's the, the leading rookie for the Calder Trophy this year. So for me, they're, they're doing good things right now. It's easy for me to say Vegas um, because they're first in this division by four points. But I don't think people realize how dominant this team is. Let me, let me give you a stat here. They've lost seven times, six times in regulation. Okay. Only two of their six losses have become have are more than one goal. And out of those two games, it was against Minnesota, and they lost two nothing, and it was an empty net goal with five seconds left. So if you think about it, they've only really lost one game start towards the beginning of the year against, um, sorry, Arizona. It's five two. That's the only game really where they've lost more 
than a goal. Just take that in and let that sink in. They're in every single game, every single one. And when they win, they can either grind one out and beat you, or they can just flat out dominate you. That is what I like about Vegas because they're always in the close game and they have guys. I don't know how they did this in what, four years, (laughs) just build a cup contending team. The first year they go to the, the finals like it, it's insane. Hey, they got Our a little stuff. help from the NHL with the of with those draft did. restrictions and of how how lenient they, yes. they were, and the number of players that teams could mm-hmm. save. But so still, that they, business that that team still had no business going to the finals. No, but they it was a well picked team. It's a it's and a they've, well constructed and they've, team. Man. They've constructed. They've added and added. They haven't. The, the, yeah. uh, uh, the, what's the word? Regressed, pardon me. They, I was gonna say digressed. I'm like, that's not they progr- it. Yeah, they, they've they've progressed really well. They've progressed really well. I like and Vegas. They have really good players, and you know what? They have they have everything. They got speed. They got grit. They got guys who could score. They have offensive defensemen. They have defensive defensemen, and they have goaltending. I mean, what more do you want in an elite team? And they're playing in Las Vegas, so it's an, a huge attraction point for me. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. It just seems like how many times do you see your alerts narrow down his his options to three teams and Vegas is always on there. Always there because oh, and it seems like they have it seems like they have New England Patriots money over here. Like they just spending money. And it's like, how do you have all this money? I don't get it. They got casinos, the rich yeah, guys are out. They, they got everything. Something's going on there in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. For my bad and ugly, I just have bad. I have the San Jose Sharks just because mm-hmm. Eric Carlson said it. I I always like the San Jose Sharks. Mario Ferraro, King City boy out there on the San Jose Sharks defense, plays with Brent Burns, unreal player, unreal for the King City Lions. Just a little plug there. But are they in a rebuild or not? That's what I'm saying. Like I, 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 I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. They signed Eric Carlson to this massive deal. He wanted to leave to leave Ottawa because they were headed in the direction of a rebuild. So, okay, I'm going to go play in San Jose, Joe Thorne, Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture. Uh, they didn't have Patrick Marlowe at the, at the time when he signed. Well, it does, he was, yeah. Thomas Hurdles coming up, Timo Meyer again, just uh-huh. great young talent. But now Joe Thornton's gone, Joe Pavelski's gone, Logan Couture is now the captain. And you just have all of this young talent besides him and Brent Burns. And you could put... Vlasic out there, who's again, as much as he's a veteran, he's not what he used to be back when they were that dominant team in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. So for, they got my bad just because, like, you got to choose one. And I feel bad for Eric Carlson because he signed that lengthy deal worth a lot of money with a team that is just in between right now. I, I didn't get the signing at the time. I think, no, when you looked at it, you're like, okay, well, he could have won anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like this. It's like I get it. You, you could see the potential. They threw what north of ten million dollars at him. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say no. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's in California, right? But this team, Lucas, they've just been absolutely since twenty seventeen, or yeah, when they when they made the finals was that twenty? They made the finals. Yeah, twenty. I don't know if it was Nashville was one of them, but whatever. That year they made the finals. Ever since then, it was just, oh my goodness, it's it's bad. 
it's it's, it's fair. Been a rough and you know what it is, and you know who these guys remind me of, and and I I don't mean to bring them men. They remind me of, of what the Bruins are going to be in a couple of years. Their core players got old, and they now is Meyer really going to replace Pavelski? Is, are these guys going to replace Joe Thornton? No, and it, and it's hard to find those kind of guys. Of course, you're not going to find another Joe Thornton just to throw in the lineup. No, but they haven't done a good job at whether it be free agent signings, picking up young players, whether it be in the draft, maybe finding someone in the third round maybe that you think can help your team. They haven't done a good job of that. And that's why San Jose is trending downwards. And I feel bad for Eric Carlson. I do. I agree with you. I think they're the bad of this division. Um, But, again, they have really nothing going for them. Carlson's getting older now. With all the injuries that has been happening to him, he's not the same player he was in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Burns is getting older. So this team is kind of going downhill. And you still, for me, the ugly, I have the Ducks. They're in last place, and they're, well, they're kind of in the yeah. same boat. You know what I mean? They have Agreed, those old yeah. – Ryan Getzlav still there. Uh, Henrique yeah. is is an older guy. They just put him on waivers a couple times this year. They're, Ryan Miller's their backup goaltender. John Gibson's really not playing to what he, he played like last year. So, again, just another team with like a mixture of this guy, – guys past their prime and got young guys that really need that experience – or more experience to become good and don't have, they don't have that top tier talent yet because they, mm-hmm. again, so many years they've drafted 23rd, 22nd because exactly. their teams have been so good. They've never really found that second round pick, that third round pick, that late round draft pick. Uh, so again, just teams trending, trending downward, moving up, a team trending upward in the central division. My good pick, finally, whatever Florida, Florida fan, that actually goes to, to those games, $50 a ticket, I'd go every night. They're playing to their potential. Finally, Joel Quinville behind the bench, three-time Stanley Cup winner with Chicago. You have Sergei Bobrovsky, who paid him a ton of money. He's finally playing good. Barkov's always been good. Huberto's always been good. You added Hornquist this year. He's adding that grit, that in-front-of-the-net presence, that, that really agitator presence. Aaron Eckblad just keeps getting better almost every single year. And then you have the veteran defenseman, Keith Yandel. I always love Keith Yandel. He gets it done on the blue line. He can play the power play. He gets you points. And the Panthers are sitting in first place in the central division, Luca, and they're playing great hockey right now. It's hard to argue with what you said. I think I'm just going to go Carolina just to be different. Yeah. Um, because they're just a young team. And and you know what? I, I, I was tired of hearing this as an up and coming team. Like, did it ever bother you that you would hear Carolina is an up and coming team? This is the next team to watch out for. And then when it, they talk about the Leafs, it's all oh, the Leafs can't do this. The Leafs are, are are too weak and stuff. But the Leafs took Boston to seven three times. Yeah. Carolina has lost to Boston. hasn't hasn't even taken them to six games. So it's, it's like just, yeah, right. It's so just, it's, like, it's the media, just, Carolina I, media yeah. versus Toronto media, and you gravitate more to the Leafs because they're such, they're that kind of team. You know what I mean? No, for sure. And I, I think it's just Carolina. I, I like their young players and, and mm-hmm. Florida's a great team too. Just to be, just to throw another team out there. They're second in this conference. I think we all, we both thought Tampa would be leading and Tampa still has a game in hand where they can, you know, tie Florida. So they're obviously going to be there. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be the team to beat in that division, but Barkov's been disrespected. Most of his career, Huberto's playing like a team Canada a lot player. of underrated talent. Just a exactly. lot of underrated talent on that. And Bobrovsky, you know what? He was called a boss. He, he's, he's, you know, 
there he is. So 905 save right now, 2.95 GAA. Like he's yeah. not playing that bad. No, he's not. He's not. I, I wouldn't say he's the level he's not he playing. was in Columbus or no. what they signed him for, but at least he's <laughs> he's a bit better than last year. It's hard to be worse than last year, <laughs> yeah. but he's playing a bit better. So I, Florida for sure and Carolina, they're just young. They got talent everywhere. For my bad, Luke, and I, I think you will agree with me on this one, is Columbus. Huh. Columbus, is. I just think I wanted to put them ugly, but like – I have Detroit ugly. It's just not a good situation in Detroit. It's getting better. You have Stevie Y as your GM. You saw what he did in Tampa Bay. Give Detroit time. They will get they will get back to that that playoff streak, that 22, 23 year playoff streak that they had. Those great Detroit teams. They'll be back. That's why I have them at ugly. But I want to stick to Columbus at bad. Would you want to play for John Tortorella as a head coach? No. What's he done, Lucas, besides coach the Rangers to a conference finals? He's won a Stanley Cup in 2004, I think, with Tampa Bay. Did he? Well, good. No one remembers that. And well, What have you done in the last – I'll give him five years. Uh, he, he tried he, to coach Vancouver, got fired from there. Mm-hmm. He went to Columbus, drove Pierre-Luc Dubois, their third overall pick, out because, again, he's a tough coach. He is. And, yes, players – Sometimes you need a tough love as a player. But as John Tortorella, I think – I don't want to tell him how to coach. It's just I don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois was that type of player. Sometimes you got you to change. Every single player is different. And you need to – as a coach, you need to find every – the in all of your players, you have your 12 forwards, your 60, your three – your two or three goalies. You got to find that little thing that gets them all going, that gets them all going. And I just think John Torrell sticks to one method, and that's the hard-nosed, hard, tough love method. If you're not playing the way I want you to play, you're sitting. You can see Patrick Laine. He's sitting almost every other night with nine goals this year. It's, it's, it's tough in Columbus because they have such promising back end. They just can't get it going on the, on the front end. They really can't. And I, yeah, I as agree much as I want, as much as I want, like, John Tortorella will be fired. I love him as a coach. Like, he is a great coach. He is a good coach. It's just, he's got to change his ways. I think he got to change his ways. You have certain type of players. You got to find every little thing that makes your your best player, Patrick Line. how do you get him going? You can't just sit him every night and expect him to keep switching. Eventually, he's going to say, like, I don't want to play here anymore. And that could potentially, he's on the top, he's top five in trade bait. He could be out the door uh, come the, the trade deadline. You never know. Well, he just looks miserable there. He just looks miserable, and, and it's Columbus, and I get it. No one wants to play there or whatever. But, you know, a couple of years ago, they 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 swept Tampa. Like, they, they swept, swept Tampa. Tampa, who had a record-breaking season. Like, they had a really good team. And, and Tortorella, for me, he's just one of those guys who you know about him because he says whatever's on his mind. And I respect him for that. There's not a lot of coaches who, who still do that, who just mm-hmm. go out there and, and rip the media and stuff. And sometimes – you got to do that. You just got to rip people because they don't know what's going on inside the locker room. It's just all this speculation. And I respect him for calling people out and things like that. But when it comes to purely coaching Lucas, and he makes no sense. It's like he sat line a the other night, right? Because what he, he turned the puck over. What, what, no player has ever turned the puck over? So you're telling me Line couldn't have helped you get back into that game. You'd rather trust a guy like Bjorkstrand to do it? Come on. 
I mean, come on. I know Line hasn't lived up to the number two pick like we probably thought he was going to do. And, and he's shown glimpses of he can score. Like, he, he's, he's a pure scorer. Yes. Right? He can score. He can, he can give you 30 in a year. That's not bad at all. It's just people don't like how streaky he is. He'll score mm-hmm. four games. He'll score, he'll score, sorry, four in a game and then not score for the next 20. That's what people <laughs> don't like about him. But again, and that's I, his downfall. I, I, yeah, and and I it's it's all about consistency in this league. That's why Matthews is just far and away going to be a top three player in the league in the next couple of seasons mm-hmm. because he just consistently he scores every night. He scores, and he's rounded out his game nicely. And he's a, and he's a difference maker. So if, if you're he's not line scoring, a, he's doing exactly. something else. So if you're line a and you're you're coming into this league as a scorer, well, you better score because no one's asking Ovi. To get him to get you fifty assists, Ovi can no. get fifteen assists. But if he gives you fifty, who cares? Exactly. Your job is to score, and so and this isn't this isn't supposed to be rip on line here, <laughs> but for, if you're John Tortorella, play him, play the kid out. Stop getting pissed off at players because they're they're doing like come on. This is this is Columbus's. I you can argue since Rick Nash their most talented player. Yep. You can make a case. If you really got to dissect it, and I, I don't know Columbus's roster since 2004 or whatever, but this is their big-time player. This is this was it. Other than Dubois, this was the guy. It's like, okay, we, we got a goal scorer now, mm-hmm. right? He was a number two pick. Like, this is, this is it. And he's benching them. He's getting pissed off at him. He's taking away his confidence. And all in all, Columbus is not where we thought they were going to be. They're not going to make the playoffs, probably, the way yeah. they're playing. I, I just don't see how you have two of the best young defensemen in the league. You have a guy who can potentially score 30. You have a well-rounded lineup. You can't beat out Chicago, who doesn't even have their captain playing. Like, come on. It's It's been a tough year in Columbus, and that was good, bad, and ugly of the half – we'll say unofficial halfway point mm-hmm. of the NHL season. As we wrap up the show, we just got a couple more minutes here, Luca. We're at okay. 37. So I just want to give you this take because I heard on the radio and I want to see what your opinion is. Kyle Duba said he is willing to trade a f- top prospect in this trade deadline to make the Leafs a better team come playoff time. Okay. Here's what I heard on the radio this morning. You trade Nashville, hard I, I, team. I, I know you already know where this is going. I, 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 you yeah. trade for Philip Forsberg. Oh, whoa, I didn't And Matthias Ekholm. And Nashville retains some salary in that you get a defenseman, a solid defenseman, and Philip Forsberg. And you're probably going to have to give up another first-round pick and maybe a young prospect, maybe Timothy Lilligren. Yeah, potentially, not for sure. Not for sure. He's, he's go. I don't think they want to give up Sandine. I think Sandine has more upside than Lilligren, but it's going this to be Lilligren the, and maybe yeah. two, one or two picks. But adding Philip Forsberg and Matthias Ekholm, do you think that is doable? Matthias Ekholm is number one on the trade on yeah. the trade bait list on a certain network's trade bait list. What are your this thoughts is, on that? This, again, it depends. Because I love it. <laughs> but oh, of course, yeah, sure. <laughs> Philip Forsberg, why not? It, it depends, obviously, who they're giving up. Toronto. 
I think if it's Lilligen in the first for Forsberg and Ekholm and, and they get to retain salary, it's like, okay. I heard today it was Dermot, Kerfoot, Lilligren, and a first for Ekholm and Granlund. That's what I saw today. Yeah. Um, but I think that deal could get done at a, instead of Granlund. You still have Forsberg in that deal. I don't know. Forsberg for me, I, I, you might have to give up Sandine then instead of Dermot. Right, because I think I think Sandine's value is just that much higher than Dermot, and you're getting that Colm who is is approaching thirty if he's not thirty already. He's thirty already, if and he is but, thirty. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that that you could be right about it is that the Leafs or Ekholm and Forsberg still have a year of control. They hmm. still have a year left on their deal. Ekholm has one year left. Like after this year, he's you. The Leafs so would two. have him next year. Okay, so it's like a Muzzin situation. A Muzzin situation, exactly. So okay, again. So- yeah, if they're retaining salary and you resign them, but again, they they need left uh, right handed de- defense. I don't know how many of these big left. Again, I don't think the defenseman is the their defense is the problem. I think they still just need one more forward to round out that top six. It's crazy that we're saying this because they're they're so deep. They're so deep, but you could think about maybe Angval as well oh, in that deal. I'm okay, just saying, sure. just their depth. You no, could throw McCaff saying, yeah. in there. Sure. Uh, Mikheyev, I, I, I like They just have – they have – un- uh, I know, but they have unlimited depth. No, I, that I agree bottom with six, That bottom I six, I think in that bottom six, anybody can go out of that bottom six. Well, VC, they waived. Yeah. I don't think he but has much value. I don't think Spezza, Spezza doesn't have any value, but I'm saying Mikheyev, Engvall, Kerfoot. Kerfoot, uh, yeah, that's the guy. Kerfoot would be Boyd the guy. Boyd as well. Yeah, they might have to throw in a couple pieces. I, to get Forsberg, Lucas, I think it's – I think it's gonna you're gonna be tough. throw in Sandine if you're giving. I don't think Lilligren, he's a nice piece to have. Those Swedish defensemen, they're known for being offensive guys. But Sandine, for me, I think if I'm Nashville and I'm giving away Forsberg and I'm going into this rebuild mm-hmm. and I'm retaining salary, I better get a top prospect back. I don't think Lilligren is the top guy, uh, prospect. Yeah, but if you unload. Ah, yeah, right. Because you're trying, I know you what ra- you're trying to do. You're trying to, you know, maybe if Nashville throws us a bone, you know, maybe yeah. well, you never know. We just you never give know. you a bunch of third liners, but like, there's another team involved. Here. I know, I know. You it's know a fan. I mean? It's a, it is a great, yeah, that would it's, just it's, be you're putting an unreal trade. trade. How does it affect the chemistry? Dermot's been there for a while. He's grown relationships with all the young guys on the team. Yeah. Well, but just if, like, imagine Ekholm on that defensive core there. Yeah, and then Forsberg playing with Nylander and Tavares, oh, just like just hand us the cup, hand oh, the Leafs the sure. cup. Pardon me, us, hand the yeah. Leafs. The cup. Well, I just wanted to run that by you because I actually was like in awe this morning yeah, of this. It is because I Dubis has got a lot. I think he's gonna make a move, and it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see. I hate saying that, but it'll be interesting to see what the Leafs do and all these other teams contending for a playoff spot, but. That was game one of the doubleheader. And I think game we knocked one, it baby. out of the park. Game, game one's one. out. So you guys are going to have to wait till Friday to get the NFL free agent episode. Oh, that's going to be a It's big going one. in. Everybody's going. Like every day. I just, on my phone is bing, bing, bing. This guy's here. This guy's there. Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not yeah. seeing the Seattle Seahawks anywhere because they have no cap space. And Russell Wilson wants out, but he... He's not going to leave or they don't want to trade him. It's it's crazy right now. So I'm looking forward to that. For Luca Moya and Lucas Cotelli. We'll see you next time. <laughs>